welcome to church this morning at Sidman United Methodist Church. If you're here live or joining us online, welcome. If you turn to the back of the bulletin for the announcements, um, just a couple for the charge that aren't listed on there. Um, thank everybody who came to help make pierogies yesterday. Um, everybody actually seemed to have a really good time and they made nearly a thousand pierogies. There'll probably be a sign up sheet to help sell by the end of church um, to fill the remaining slots. I don't know if there's, there's any left, but check that at the end of church. would like to also thank everybody who donated um, items to go to the orphanage. Uh, we'll be leaving next week, so we have to get those packed up. For the charge, the WPA UMC Annual Conference in Erie will be held this month, the 14th to the 17th, and Father's Day is next Sunday the 18th. Do you still need people to sign up on Saturday or Friday? I did put a little slip back there, so if you did sign up, there's a little slip back there that signed up to tell you where you work, uh, and then the person, and then the phone number, just people that I had, so they give them a new phone. Uh, but anybody that's working when you're there, I have a, a piece of paper that explains, you know, when you get so low in a front, you give us a call and then call them and get them running to where they need to be. But there's a bunch of different things. If you didn't sign up, take a look at, at one of the slips and then, you know, there's a time that you can come. Definitely come and then nearly a thousand. Nine hundred seventy-six. If I brought enough, all the dough off the end of the shop. But it was unbelievable. We did other people together, and I don't know how many somebody did. Are there any other announcements? There are none. Let us stand and join in singing our hymn of insurance. My hope is built. Number four hundred four.
Declaration of Faith, we will have a responsive reading from Psalm 33, verses 1 through 12, be on the screen or in the Pew Bibles on page 478 in the Old Testament. Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise Him. Praise the Lord Sing to him a new song, play skillfully, and scout, shout for joy. For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. The Lord loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of his unfailing love. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. Their starry hosts by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea into jars. He puts the deep into storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him. For he spoke, and it came to be. He commanded, and it stood firm. The Lord foils the plans of the nations. He thwarts the purposes of the peoples. But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever, the purposes of his heart through all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he chose for his inheritance. Please be seated, and can the children come forward for the children's message? Nobody liked them. 
But you know what Jesus did? Jesus went and sat down and talked to this guy named Matthew. And then he went to his house and had a dinner with him. this tax collector. And you know what other people said? Why are you meeting with this bad guy? Why are you doing that? And you know what Jesus said? Jesus said, who needs a doctor to help you or to check? Go figure out what the scripture means when it says I'm after mercy and not religion. I'm here to write outsiders, not auto So Jesus said, our job is to embrace those people that maybe aren't the nicest or the kindest. Because you know what? Those are the people who probably need Jesus the most. That maybe you're cheaters or liars. And sometimes when we do those same things, don't we? Sometimes we don't do the right thing. Guess what? Jesus is always there to forgive us and show us the right way. How about that? So let's say a little prayer. Dear God, we thank you so much that you came here for the sick. Help us, Lord, to remember that we all have moments where we fail. Help us to remember that you will always forgive us and help us to do the right thing. Amen. Dave, it's good to see you back. Did you do all this? Oh, I You did it all? I did. <laughs> well, thank you. Dave, you, you have been missed. Let us enter into our time of prayer and we'll raise our voices up to God Almighty so we can hear our, hear our prayer. This is a prayer written by John Wesley. We believe, all-powerful and wise Lord, that you arrange and direct all things, even the small and the unpleasant things, to the increase of your honor and to the good of those who love you. Please teach us to trust your goodness and accept your choices for us, even when we cannot understand the choices. Keep our hearts fixed on you. Let us do in everything what pleases you and then, in full surrender to your wisdom, leave the outcome entirely to you. Dear Lord, we ask for forgiveness for our going astray and for choosing our way over your way. We pray for the good health and well-being of the members of this congregation, their families, friends, and neighbors. We pray for law enforcement, we pray for the military, especially our first lieutenant, Carl Smith. We pray for health workers, firefighters. We pray for the well-being and safety for the leaders of our country, community, and church. We pray for the safety and well-being of our youth and continue to encourage them on their walk of faith. We pray for the unsaved, unbelievers, for them to turn their back on their wayward ways so that they may be saved before it's too late. We offer travel mercies for all those people who are traveling throughout these, uh, these summer, summer months. We ask that they be protected on their trip to where they're going and they're coming back home. We pray for Tom and Roseanne Burkett. Now, dear Lord, if there was a name that came to the people, 
while we were praying, let them say those names out loud. Dear Lord, let us bring our prayer time to a close by praying together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Please stand if you are able and join in singing the hymn of trust. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Number three.
God's time, our gifts, and offerings. Father, we're delighted to be here on the second Sunday of the month of, uh, of June. We thank you for this opportunity, and we uh, are presenting the tithes and gifts and offerings from the members of this congregation by two of the young people of our, of our church. We thank you for their presence here. We thank you for the presence of everybody who is here today, even those people who are on online. Uh, we ask that you accept these tithes and gifts and offerings in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior, Master, Teacher, and Friend. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Thank you. Our lectionary reading for the day comes from the book of Matthew. We're in we went back to chapter 9. We're doing verses 9 through 13. And then we're doing 18 through 26. And the first one is titled, The Calling of Matthew. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the text collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous but sinners. Now we skip over to verse 18. While he was saying this, a synagogue leader came and knelt before him and said, My daughter has just died, but come and put your hand on her, and she will live. Jesus got up and went with him, and so did his disciples. 
Just then, a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, If I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter, he said. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. When Jesus entered the synagogue leader's house and saw the noisy crowd and people playing pipes, he said, Go away. The girl is not dead but asleep. But they laughed at him. After the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took the girl by the hand, and she got up. News of this spread through all that region. The words of God for the people of God, thanks be to God. So, this message for you today is called The Vital Power of Faith. Have you ever heard the old saying, a church is a hospital for sinners, not a museum for saints? Anybody heard that before? No? Well, if you haven't, if you haven't heard it, Gene, probably nobody has heard it, because you've been around, you've been around since two centuries, two or three centuries ago. No? Well, that's an old saying. A church is a hospital for sinners, not a museum for saints. Our reading today deals with, the, with three passages. The calling of a disciple, the dead girl being raised from the dead, and a woman who is healed. I even, I even think from what I could hear from the children's message that that was discussed in here. Which one was it? The calling of the disciple? We find that this reading is a commentary on the vital power of faith. The sick, and we all fall into that category in different ways. Some of us are physically sick, emotionally sick, and in my, my case, mentally sick. We find that. Well, the sick is the focus of Jesus' ministry of mercy. The message today will track the outsiders whom Jesus makes insiders by calling them, sitting with them, and touching them. Each scene reveals Jesus becoming more intimate with the marginalized. Now, the first one was Matthew was called. It's not clear whether Jesus speaks a command or an invitation. But can you imagine sitting at a table doing your work? And they were familiar with Jesus. They'd heard Jesus talk before. And, and Jesus shows up and says, follow me. He puts his papers down and gets up and follows Jesus for the next three years. It's also unclear if Matthew finds his work to be personally satisfying or just necessary to support his family. Because he did have a family. Matthew follows, leaving behind his everyday labor of tax collecting for his new vocation of discipleship. Now, Matthew soon finds himself among those he just left, tax collectors and sinners. He's with Jesus, and he's around tax collectors and sinners. Jesus sat with sinners. 
Jesus socializes with sinners because they are the people who require and are looking for redemption, but are fearful that they could never attain it because of their lifestyle or their work. Jesus' call to redeem the poor is because the righteous do not understand that they are in need of this redemption. The righteous. Maybe this is the reason unbelievers don't have God in their lives. They're too proud and they don't see a need. Now how can we need to give them a need? If that's one of the reasons. I mean, there's no no uh, 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 proof or anything uh, on that on that statement. It's just that the, I thought, well, maybe this is the reason that they don't believe in God because they're proud, or they don't see a need. If you don't see a need, then you know there has to be a need provided to get people interested in in in, in something. And what's the need? that we need to sacrifice. We need to, to make clear to them. Their next life, their future life. They think that this life is it. When they die, that's it. Everything's over with. Where we believe, no, there's eternity. And the eternity is going to be spent with God. That's a need for everybody. Jesus, my, uh, my sermon's that bad that he goes to sleep on the earth? Uh, he's, he's not on camera, is he, Frank? Oh, good. good. Really, it wasn't that way. I'm just making that up, folks. It really wasn't that way. The sinner who understands the need is different from the sinner who claims to need no assistance. The former welcomes Jesus into their life, while the latter slams the door of hospitality shut. So we need to get those people so they don't slam the door. Because there's a need. We will provide a need for you. Come on in. We'll be glad you're here. Christ holds close those who are in most need of God's mercy and recognizes their need. Jesus presents himself not only as a healer of those in spiritual need, but also as one whom those with physical problems can turn to. There were many people who had physical problems that turned to, to, uh, to Christ. A blind man, of the leopards, of this woman. There are many stories in the Bible of, uh, of, uh, of, of, uh, of you could say Lazarus was one, uh, Legion was another, the man who had a hundred spirits within them that uh, Jesus cured. They were all, well, I don't know if you would call his physical needs, but they were all, they all had physical, physical needs. And some people, there are services now where you can, the healing services they're called, where you can, you can go to and they'll, they'll have uh, 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 guest speakers who are from, from, from around the area or maybe throughout the country, maybe throughout the world who will, uh, uh, Bruce Anthony has some of these healing, healing services. And I just bumped into Bruce, of all things, 
I show up on a Monday. I've never gone to the aerobic center on Monday. I'm changing my schedule. So I went on Monday, and I'm walking by the treadmill, and there's Bruce Anthony. Hey, Bruce, do you come here often? No, this is the first time I've been here in a year. And we happened to meet. He was the first person I called before committing myself, not committing myself, to signing up for the uh, clergy uh, was, was Bruce, Bruce Anthony. And uh, he's retired now. All the, all the people I, uh, I, I know are, are retired and, and not appointed. I'm retired and appointed. And I will continue to be retired and appointed when I send in my application uh, for the Global Methodist Church. In your bulletins today is a letter, the welcome letter we got from the Global, the global Methodist, Methodist Church. You'll notice the logo in there. You'll see that logo on a lot of hazardous materials. It's different colors, but it's the same three shaped circles. Now Jesus, let's see, where, where were we? Tax collectors were social outcasts among Jews because they were seen as collaborators with the Roman Empire. They collected the taxes from the people. They were considered disloyal and traitorous. Traitorous. They were despised and shunned by most Jews. And here Jesus is asking him to join them. He wasn't the first disciple. He was maybe the fifth. They don't say where, where he was, but maybe he was the fifth disciple. Because Jesus asked two sets of brothers to, to uh, follow him to start with. Now, Jesus started touching people. In these two scenes where the emphasis is on Jesus' ministry to outcasts, he remains open, indicating that no one is beyond his mercy. The woman who touches Jesus' cloak is considered unclean and should not be touched. They had laws back in those days. Instead of Jesus touching her, she touches him, knowing that a touch will heal her. All she did was touch the bottom of his cloak. But he knew, he felt it, he felt this power go out from him. And sent, let's see, regarding the dead young girl of the leader of the synagogue, by his kneeling before Jesus, he is acknowledging that he considers himself inferior to Jesus. Here was a leader of a Jewish synagogue who felt that he was inferior to Jesus. Not many of the Jewish leaders supported Jesus. Not at all. They were against him. It's very similar to a situation we're, we're, we're going through now. With lawsuits being filed and this and that and all that sort of, sort of, sort of stuff. It, it's very, very similar. Because the, the, the uh, government is the Pharisees. They're better than the rest of us. They know better than we do. But they're, they're going after the person that the people support. Just like Jesus Christ. 
history is somewhat being repeated. The death of the young girl was a tragedy that was common in those days because nearly half of the children born during Jesus' time died before they reached the age of five. Half of the kids never reached the age of five in Jesus' time. Touching the dead girl on her hand meant he was being contaminated. You don't touch the corpse. That was another law that they had. If you do, you're contaminated. If you're contaminated, you have to go, it's different for men and women, you have to go and be alone for seven days before you can come out into public again. And if anybody touched you, they were contaminated. So Jesus is touching people. People he's not supposed to be touching. The woman, the dead girl, she was a dead girl. Jesus put his reputation at risk by teaching out, reaching out to women and offering to heal them simply with a touch. One comment I read is that this, this is why many denominations should reconsider their position or ordaining women. Women should be ordained. They've been ordained in the Methodist Church for 65, 70 years. Some denominations don't have them. They're not allowed. They're not allowed to teach a Bible study unless it's all women. They're not allowed to step on the altar. I won't tell you what religion, it's not Catholic. I won't tell you which one it, uh, it, it, it is. We have a couple of their churches around, around, around the area. All they can do is clean up after communion. They can't help prepare for, for communion. All that is men's work. But the Methodists, the Methodists have been uh, ordaining women for quite some time. And the United Methodists will continue ordaining women. And uh, next week is an ordination. This coming week is an ordination service. Uh, not, not Wednesday. Thursday night, I, I think, is ord ordination service. I will not be there. I will not be attending. I will be there uh, Wednesday for the vote. Thursday afternoon for the meeting. Friday, I think there's a meeting Friday morning, and then I'm coming, coming, back, coming back home. I'm staying at a Red Roof Inn for two nights, and it's only costing two hundred dollars, one hundred eighty dollars. That's all. That's all. Gee, the way people were telling me hotel rooms were, this was eighty some dollars a night at the, because I have to have a microwave and a refrigerator, because I can't go out and, and eat. I, I bring my food with me and cook my salmon in their microwave and keep my insulin in the refrigerator and all that sort of uh, sort of stuff. So I have to rent a, a not, not the lowest class room with one bed, I have to get two beds because I have to get a microwave and an oven. So I thought I was going to spend a long time on the computer finding a, a place that was not filled. These people were not filled. They have seven rooms, uh, seven rooms left. So that, that's where I'm staying until I leave uh, Friday, sometime, sometime Friday, so I can get back for the uh, sale at the uh, South Fork 
South Fork uh, Festival. Matthew gave up his income and his position of authority to follow Jesus. Jesus sat with those who were despised by society. We've had people who have been despised by society. When AIDS first came out, back in the, uh, uh, I think it was the late 70s or early 80s, not to go near them. Don't touch them. We had to go, we had to go through that. Now we're going through the transgender issue about uh, uh, who is uh, uh, President Biden is honoring the, uh, the uh, I'm, I'm, I think it's, oh, the LGBTQ-4-7-9-3-2-L uh, transgender group. He's having a party for him. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But the Dodgers are, are suffering millions of dollars because of what they wanted to do or have done this past weekend. They were inviting men dressed up as Catholic nuns who were uh, uh, anti-Christ, destroying things and all that sort of, sort of stuff. They were honoring them at a Dodger baseball game. So to counteract that, they say, well, we'll honor Christians on a Sunday. I'm not sure what their attendance was, but they didn't lose as much money as uh, Bud Light did. Bud Light did to the billions of dollars, tens of billions of dollars that they have lost and lost their, their position in the uh, rankings of uh, light beer. And Target has lost, I think it's a close to a billion dollars, if not a billion dollars now. And it's, never mind. We've done the politics. I won't go, I won't go anywhere. Jesus listened to a leader from the synagogue about his dead daughter, who was brought back to life with a simple touch from Jesus. Jesus' cloak was touched by an unclean woman, and after 12 years, was healed. After 12 years, she was healed. What kind of God will go all the way to touch death in order to destroy it for us? A God whose ministry is one of mercy. And that certainly is our God. Now that the veil has been removed, this is, this is another, I'm sorry to have to tell you that the, some of the sermons you're going to hear, you're going to, or have heard, and you will be hearing, uh, just not today, uh, uh, you're going to have, you can't say, you can't use for an excuse anymore. I didn't know that. I didn't hear that. Because Jesus will say, well, I remember uh, Reverend Bruce giving a message on June the 11th, 2023, where he talked about this. If I can remember, why can't you remember? Because I have to remember all the sermons that are given. Imagine all the sermons that are given across, across America on a Sunday morning. The ones not on TV. What will you count them? All of them. Imagine all the hours and all the work, that, the preparation that's gone, that's gone into those sermons, those presentations. Of course, the presentations vary. They can vary, vary quite, 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 quite easily. 
Some of them are, are probably, I don't know this for a fact, but I would think that some of them are, are probably rehearsed. I can only rehearse it with the use of here sitting here. I can't come in on a Saturday and stand up there and rehearse it. All I'm doing is reading lines because I don't know what I'm going to say to, to you until I see yous. And then things, things change. So mine are never, never, never rehearsed. And you can probably tell that. So now that the veil has been removed from these events in the life of Jesus, it's hoped that you now can be a witness to the effect the vital power of faith can have. Throughout this entire process, from the very first vote that, that I wanted to take, was based solely on faith. When anybody raised a question about money, I said, we'll talk about that later. And money never came up again. Each vote was always based on faith. The first vote, the second vote, the vote to approve everything. It's always been on faith. Even the vote to approve the money that we have to spend, the ransom that we're required to pay on August the 1st, a Tuesday. I have it at home marked with a big red star marked in, in the center of it. That's the big day. Uh, uh, and uh, it's always been on faith, and you've always followed through with your faith. Money was never a question. And I, I encourage you, I congratulate you for, for, for that. Because if you would have voted the other way because of money, I would not be here as of August the 1st. I would be appointed someplace. I would have been asked to move. Because I, I didn't want to be in this position with the church that made their decision based on money. There are too many decisions in life that's based on money, and this one should not have been made on money. And it wasn't. It wasn't. That's why you're going to have to put up with me longer, because I will be here as of August 1st. And on and on and on and on. Okay, so let us pray. Our God, whose power is beyond anything we can imagine, the power you have in your word, revealing to us the truth within your word. Without your knowledge and understanding, we would be at an impasse regarding your word. We thank you for bringing this understanding to our attention and praising our level of spiritual maturity to appreciate your power. In your name we pray. Amen. In reading that prayer, the reason I started smiling and somewhat of a giggle, it, it said, this sounds like something uh, the Vice President of the United States would say. Because I kept using church words over and over and over again. And uh, I apologize. I, I apologize for that. The same, the, the same word. No, I didn't. No, 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 no. I didn't. I know better than that. So let us turn to our, uh, our last hymn. The Hymn of Comfort, Sweet Hour Prayer, 433. We'll take a break before the last verse and give the blessing and benediction, and then we'll sing the last verse. Please stand and turn to page 433 or look at the screen. Oh, we sing one verse. Sweet hour. 
on the second Sunday of the month of June when God shared his word with us so we get a deeper and broader understanding of the vital power of faith. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, go and earn your day. Let us now bring our time together in worship to a joyful close by singing the last verse of our hymn of comfort, Sweet Hour of Prayer. Children said, oh!